a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living, which is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. Now, I have to admit uh, that I struggled a little bit with the introduction, with writing the introduction um, for today's guest. Not because I didn't know what I wanted to convey, but because I didn't know exactly the words to use. Um, for those that know him, you know that our guest exudes an extraordinary, infectious positivity and has a perpetual, I think it's a, per- a perpetual smile on his face. It's like his resting face is a smile, um, which is just so wonderful. But but the reason I was struggling with the intro is that his essence goes way beyond just kind of happy-go-lucky. You know, he's much too smart and he's much too strategic of a thinker and a thought-filled person. And he's someone who isn't afraid to stand up for what he believes, for what's right even if it might ruffle some feathers. I mean, I've been in rooms with this guy where he takes on some very big issues, but he always does it with a sense of, of positivity and, 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 and hope. And it all comes, you know, you hear, you hear the cliche, well, it comes from a good place. This man lives. It comes from a good place. So I didn't really know how to capture this very cool balance of positivity without being Pollyanna of hope, but not being just hype until I came across uh, this really cool verse from the book of Proverbs uh, that captured it perfectly. And I didn't Google it. For those that, that, that listen to this podcast, you know that I do not know scripture. And so I usually have to Google stuff uh, to find. And it just so happened to be that I'm, I'm working my way through uh, the book of Proverbs. Just randomly, I just decided, you know, I'm going to start reading Proverbs, which is an awesome book. For those that don't do a lot, a lot of Bible reading, Proverbs is a great book. It's it's like got all these really cool quotable um, verses in it. So anyway, Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, "A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones." And so today's guest, the reason I love that verse and I love this guest so much is because today's guest is equally gifted and equally committed to creating joyful hearts that good medicine that Proverbs talks about. He's equally committed to that as he is in fending off crushed spirits, which dry things up, which suck energy out of rooms. And so that dedication to living a very holistically positive life is what inspires me about this guest today. He's a devoted husband and father. In fact, I think he employs a cu- at least a couple of his kids in his business. <laughs> he's, a, he's a champion for education mm. and the positive development of young people. He's a creative force, and most importantly, he and most just wonderfully, he's my friend. So please welcome today's man of man, Scott mm. Krenz. Scotty, welcome oh, to Mana. Man, Jeff, thank you so much for that introduction. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm sitting here at uh, my daughter's desk because <laughs> she's she's working out of the home, and I had to I had to I had to escape from my office because it just wasn't a place where I. Um, necessarily wanted to be interrupted uh during this obviously and i have um 
I have my Bible open to Proverbs <laughs> and you bring it up. And um, I'm looking at this little pamphlet. I kid you not, this little pamphlet that had been on a bookshelf in our house for the last 25 years untouched. But when I was 22 years old, it pulled me out of a valley that was um, pretty deep. And it's called <laughs> The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, and it is, I kid you not, it is filled with scripture and it's filled with um, all of these things that are about being a life-giving spirit, which is um, definitely what I've always seen in you, Jeff. And I certainly appreciate uh, the kind words that you use to introduce me, but um, that if I could live up <laughs> to that introduction, um, it would be it would be enough. It would, wow. it would definitely be an well, eternal goal. Wow. Well, you are and and see just by nature, nothing happens by chance. Nothing's luck. And mm -mm. so by, by the power of the Holy spirit and that you had your Bible open and you're looking at Proverbs, that's right there. That's the validation. So the, the introduction is accurate. You're right there. So mm -hmm. we'll get into that. Good stuff. And I'm Good just stuff. so, I'm so happy to get into it. So the other um, very unique distinction that scott has uh compared to all of our other guests is you are the first i was thinking about this you're the first guest on mana from the pacific time zone so you are our first kind of west coast guy all and right. uh out, out there in washington so um so let's maybe start there did you did because sure. i actually don't know that did you grow up out in washington where like where, where like where's uh where did the Krenz brood uh, uh, emerge from or, 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 or originate from? You're Washington well, guy? I, no, no, not at all. Actually, I'm from Minnesota, and um, I, I grew up in a small town in um, uh, southeast of the Minneapolis and St. Paul uh, called Cottage Grove. And, uh, yeah, my dad was a restaurant owner, grew up in the restaurant business, uh, three sisters, and it wasn't until uh, later in life when I – Traveled it around a little bit after college and uh, met my wife in Illinois and then had an opportunity out in the great Northwest and absolutely love it out here. I mean, it's, wow. it's just beautiful, but, um, but no, I'm originally from Minnesota. I'm a, I, I'm a Midwest guy. I did not know that. Well, that explains maybe some of the, some of the sensibility. So um, <clears throat> as, as those that have, have listened to MANA uh, know, I, you know, the, the, the guests on MANA, Really, I mean, they have a general sense of the kinds of questions I might be asking, but they don't know the first question. And so, uh, so this is one that, that, um, and they're all relatively, you know, there's no gotchas here, but, but Scott, the first time I met you and, and I, we had, we, we've, we've been working together <clears throat> for a while and, and I'd always heard about Scott Krenz, but never, it, it was always Scotty Krenz, Scotty Krenz. Oh, you gotta meet Scotty Krenz. And I remember, and it's totally okay if you don't remember this, but the first time we actually met, um, in person, uh, or at least I think this was the first, at least, at least this was the first impression. We were at this big, you know, kind of fancy, you know, meeting, corporate meeting, and we're in a, in one of these ballrooms that had long since cleared out. And it's just you and I talking. And, um, and, and we were with somebody else and I go, oh, this is Scotty Krenz. I'm like, oh my gosh, Scotty Krenz. And so we're kind of chatting and, you know, whatever about work and, and whatever. And, and in the middle of talking about something, I don't even know what it was, but it was some just random kind of work thing. You said so effortlessly, so effortlessly, and, but so boldly, but not in a weird way. And, and it literally came out of your mouth. Well, and you said, well, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. 
And then you just kept going on to whatever else we were talking about. And I remember being struck with the both the fluency, but also more importantly, just this like amazing sense of confidence. And because you didn't really know me from Adam, no pun intended. And yet you just (laughs) shared this as just it was just like a matter of fact, like like saying, you know, you know, my hair is brown. I mean, it was there was no there was no reservation. And so I kind of wanted to start there because I because that truly is something I've always admired and others that I've met. And and ever since I've met you, you just have this and it's not overbearing. You never put anybody, you know, on, on their on their heels with it. But it is very much something that, you know, you want to make sure people know. And so I'm just wondering, when did that come to be? Has that always kind of been part of Scott Krenz? Or or was there a point in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm going to make sure people know this. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's interesting because I think it's had different degrees through my journey, right? Of, you know, how, you know how you share your faith or how you want to walk uh, the walk, so to speak. But, um, you know, I, I remember there was a time when, um, you know, I grew up uh, in Catholicism and we always went to church every Sunday and I knew, you know, I knew about God. I knew a lot about God, um, but I didn't have a, a true relationship. And of course it wasn't until I, you know, got out, on my own and, you know, outside of my immediate family where, you know, through a number of experiences, I came to know, um, you know, the person of Jesus Christ and, and, and the difference between, um, you know, him being savior and Lord was, was very different for me. And, Mm. and I think the, the, the more I, I, I started to commune with the Lord, uh, I think the more bold I, I became and, and obviously not embarrassed of faith or not embarrassed, uh, in any way of sharing, uh, what that is. But I, um, I think, I think today I, um, I find that I want to carry the glory mm-hmm. and there's, it's very different than, than speaking the words, right? Because I think, yeah. you know, some of us, especially you and I, in our professions, we, we can find the right words. Um, but to carry that life-giving spirit, that life-giving spirit that Jesus actually died to send, to give us um, the Holy Spirit, to be able to carry that. You know, it, sa- it says in scripture, you know, Peter walked down the street and people were healed. He didn't say yeah. a word. He didn't yeah. say a word. So, <laughs> Just, um, so yeah. though I, I appreciate the fact that you remember that, um, in my maturity, I want to be able to carry it in such a way that, uh, that those words may not even have to be spoken. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, so it doesn't yeah. sound like there was ever, you know, a lot of times, you know, you hear stories of people who, you know, maybe they grew up in, in, you know, in the faith, but then they kind of, you know, fell away from it. And then there was something that kind of, you know, the cold splash of water or maybe some kind of a, a you know, trial or, or tribulation that kind of sort of brought them back. I mean, was there any, was there ever anything like that for you or was it just more of this maturation of faith there where you just sort of like, as we all, you know, thankfully and God willing kind of get older and wiser, did it, was it more of just this evolution of faith or was there any kind of inflection point where you could go back and say, okay, this is, this is really when I started, you know, 
being on purpose about it. Oh, absolutely. There was a- absolutely. In fact, um, you know, growing up uh, again, I, I think I was, um, I was, uh, I was raised in religion, not necessarily in relationship. And so when the relationship started, uh, just to go back a little bit and give you a little background on my testimony, I mean, growing up uh, in the restaurant business, and I was the uh, oldest son of four children. I had three younger sisters. And, um, you know, we we were very emotional, very close family, but at the same time, uh, you know, went through trials, as all families do. And, um, and you know, a couple of couple of key trials that I remember in my life, which I think will make sense as I share the story. Uh, one was um, uh, coming home uh, from school one day, walking into the living room and seeing my my younger sisters around my mom, and they were just weeping and, and sobbing. And, um, and my youngest sister yelled out, uh, mom and dad are getting a divorce. And this was a result of my dad having an affair which uh, as the oldest son uh, of, of four, of course, now I'm the man of the house or, or that's what I had in my mind. And I was furious. I was furious. I had so much anger, Jeff. I stormed out of the house. And How, um, how old were you again? How old? Uh, at this time, I was uh, 17. Wow. And, um, you know, I was going to get a job and take care of the family, blah, blah, blah. Well, about four days later, um, I'm, I'm in the backyard uh, and my mom came out and she said, uh, your dad wants to come home. He wants to talk. He wants to sit down. And we had always sat around our table uh, and had family discussions. You know, every Monday we had family dinner, you know, that kind of thing. So that wasn't uncommon, but I was just filled with anger, as you can imagine. And, and my dad was just humbled. He wept, you know, it's not your mom's fault. It's not your kid's fault. He was sincere. And, and my father to this day is a great man. And, and, but this was true, just true repentance for the very first time mm-hmm. as I saw it. And mm-hmm. um, my mom looked at me and she looked, didn't, you know, my, my sisters were crying and they were happy. Daddy was home. They were younger. And she just says, we need to forgive your father. Oh my gosh. And that was the first time I ever learned forgiveness. Well, little did I know that I would have to kind of tap into that over and over and over again throughout my lifetime. And then it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until many years later. See, now I was, I was leading worship in a church. I was leading youth group in a church. I was, you know, doing men's group in churches but I was doing all of this out of duty. I was doing all of this out of this religious spirit of do good, be good, and you'll get good. Mm-hmm. And as we know, that's eaten from the wrong fruit, right? That's, that's <laughs> right. eaten from the wrong tree. Right, uh, right, yeah. So, so I had this couple, uh, this older couple who, um, asked to sponsor my wife and I on a very special weekend. And it was one of those spiritual weekends where it was filled with worship and filled with scripture and talks and, um, but a real thin place. And the guys, we would all go one weekend and then the, the wives would follow up the, the next weekend. Well, I went to this weekend and there were just all these unique surprises, but they had one, one event where in worship, they literally had us close our eyes and then they dropped this big bag in front of us. And this bag was filled with letters and cards and notes that this couple that invited us to this weekend 
um, solicited from family and friends from all over the place. And we were asked to just go find a quiet place and just be alone, listen to God, read through these notes. And I was wrecked. Wow. Yeah. I just got wrecked. I got, I read, you know, letters from my sister and from my dad and from my aunt and, and all of this. And, um, and that really, and then I just remember hearing, you know what? Someone said at one point to me, I don't know who, or maybe it was someone I read that you just got to ask, you just got to ask the Lord to be real in your life. You just got to say, Jesus, come in. I want to know you. And I did that and I just lost it. And from mm-hmm. then on, the trees were greener, <laughs> the sun was brighter. Oh. And, um, and that, that journey of maturing, I mean, I guess that's that born again experience, right? That you hear yeah. about. And, yeah. and all of these things, Jeff, can be words, they can be cliches, they can be, but when you, when you know, I mean, when you feel it, when uh, you experience it, there's, there's nothing else but walking in the light so yeah that was a big turning point for me for sure in fact so cool yeah yeah that was it was it was good real good stuff and then yeah well just to have all of that that the you know whether it was affirmation or just reflection just i can't imagine the the showering that that must have felt like you know uh, what in, in such a range of people that were, that were, you know, kind of, I just, did, did you keep those? Um, do you have those notes somewhere? Like, oh, are oh, they? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a box, you know, filled with, filled with them, filled with them. I mean, it's, uh, and it's not something I refer to much anymore, but the power, the power of words, right? Yeah. I mean, this, this, all of creation was created by the spoken word, right? When we think of, of, um, whose image we bear, which is the almighty creator. And he spoke the entire creation into existence. So the power of our words are pretty incredible. So whether it be the written word or the spoken word, we have the power to give life or death. And that bag of palanka, as they called it, just gave me such words. Well, much like your introduction. I mean, my gosh, that, that those were life giving words. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so that's I still so cool. That's that's just wonderful, you know. And, and I and I'm re- reflecting on the first story that you told with your mom and dad, and just you know, just um, I mean, I just got chills when you told that story. And for your mom to look at you and say, "We're going to forgive," and and what a what a wonderful <clears throat> what a wonderful testament of her own to what what faith is, what forgiveness is, you know, what love mm-hmm. is. And, mm-hmm. and really whether you, whether you knew it at that, t- well, did you know at the time? So you're 17 years old, your mom's looking at you and, and all you want, I, w- I would imagine all you want is like, okay, a reason to walk away, a reason to like, okay, this is it. Like he broke the rules. We're done. How did you process that as a 17 year old? I mean, was it, was it, I mean, I can't imagine being able to be like, okay, all right. Well, mom said to forgive. So, all right, fine. You know, or, or, or how, you, how did that, what did that feel like? Well, um, I was, I was pretty angry. I mean, I, you know, we need to forgive your father and forgiving your father are two different things. Uh, yeah. 
So it, um, you know, it took, it took some time, but I saw, I saw in their relationship, true forgiveness by my mom. Mm -hmm. Right. So I saw her forgive and I saw the joy that came into their marriage and, and all that came along with that. And since we're, we're here, (laughs) go to, to to the next uh, phase of that journey. Um, Then when my mom was 19, she passed away of an aneurysm. When you were 19? So just two years later? Just two years later, she passed away. Oh, my word. Oh, my gosh. Pretty incredible. Uh, Saw my dad just being crushed um, over this and have to deal with some guilt and all of this. And, and And I say this because, you know, how do you consider it all joy when you experience trial? Uh, like that mm. certainly wasn't the last trial of my life, but I do realize that, um, that, uh, the forgiveness that my dad felt is the only thing that sustained him after that happened. Uh, but our faith got so strong because we didn't run away from God. We ran towards God. Yeah. Right. And as a family, we came together closer than ever when you experience something like that you know you bust apart but then you come closer than ever together uh and um so obviously um now as a father i do everything i can to um to be fathered by god yeah and 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 realize that you know my earthly father just like me as an earthly father i do not well i am a i am a steward I am a steward of what God has bestowed in my life, which are my three amazing children. And the fact mm-hmm. that they love the Lord is a testament to what uh, God is doing in their life and how they are allowing God to father them. Because if they look to me for all the answers, boy, <laughs> it would be a long way. <laughs> I mean, I don't want, I don't, I do not want to be the standard at which they live their life. I want that standard to be a lot, uh, a lot more, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot more rewarding. Yeah, but, it's, so, but it sounds, um, but it sounds like, but it sounds like they they had quite a head start, though. So, so fast forward then. So you go through these at least two or three now, you know, fairly seminal kind of moments. So by the time then you're you're getting married, you're starting family. I mean, has has I mean, it just sounds like you know by the time you're having kids of your own you know, the, the, the soil has been tilled, you know what I mean? Like you've really, like you've, you've figured out with your, with your wife and, you know, and going through these, these, these retreats. And, and, and so that by the time now you're bringing life into the world, I mean, it's a pretty set table, you know, I mean, uh, or, or, you know, have there been, you know, with being a father and, and, and have there been, you know, continual evolutions of the faith, or is it kind of like, okay, I've built it up now, you know, now I've got my team, you know, you got your squad, you know, of your family. Has it been now like we're taking the hill or has, 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 has parenting, has, has that, has that un, un, uh, or not unrevealed, has it revealed even more kind of chapters of faith, you know, and, or a depth of, of, of faith? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It's, um, well, I mean, when you become a father, uh, when you become a parent, obviously you're looking at life extremely different, right? I mean, there's that moment when you have your first child where time stops, so to speak. Um, but you know, I even, I mean, 
even though I started my relationship and started my journey with, with the Lord, um, you know, then there was the phase where I was introduced to the Holy Spirit, which is an, another part of your journey because now, mm-hmm. now you, you've, you've got that, that power and that, um, that instrument, if you will, that allows you to have a relationship with the father, with the creator of the universe. So, so what happens though, is there's constant trial and constant struggle and constant. I still, I, gosh, I don't even think I got rid of a lot of that anger, even from some of the stories I already shared with you until the last few years. Mm. Um, you know, triggers because see, we're, we're a product of our experiences, yeah. Every experience that we have here on earth, ever since the fall, I mean, we take on all of that, all of those experiences, whether it be generations of um, whatever, you know, I don't even want to go into, you know, uh, you know, more testimony, but, but when you carry all of those things and all of a sudden someone says something and you're triggered and you don't know why. Right, right, exactly. It comes right? out. Like, right. you know, you get married. I mean, I've always said, even though now we are at the happiest state of our marriage, but <laughs> but marriage wasn't designed to make you happy. It was designed to make you holy. You've probably heard that one before. <laughs> um, and so, you know, just, you know, marriage to start that journey on how iron sharpens iron and triggers. Yeah, and right. But, you know, if, if, if you de- if you make that decision that you wanna you wanna grow, if it's that mindset of okay, through all of these things, I want to grow. I, I want to have that mindset of getting that much closer. But no, we don't have. I don't have it figured out right now. But I I do know this, and and this is a better home base than I ever had before. Um, a lot of a lot of my success, if you will, quote unquote success was driven by my dysfunction, was driven by having a fear of failure, was driven by having this fear of not being liked by others, by needing to be a people pleaser. And I think a lot of men, a lot of us guys can relate to this. You know, we have this fear of being found out that we might not be as grand as people (laughs) might think we are, (laughs) you know? So, um, but once I was able to kind of just face that, and not have this false sense of humility because, because, you know, we can have a false sense of humility as well. Um, and so humility is really accepting the fact of who you are. And when we accept the fact that we are children of the most high God, like, like I am, I'm walking now in, in this faith space that I never walk have walked before. Before I had a relationship with the Lord and I and I loved Jesus, but at the same time, you know, if it was meant to be, it was up to me. And I still strived uh rather than thrived. You know, I, I found myself striving all of the time rather than thriving in every moment and every experience. So um right now it's so much more important to me to mature to mature as a son of the most high God. Yeah. And, and so what does sonship mean? You know, it means that I have the inheritance of heaven. And the other thing that I, I, I feel is very important because I didn't realize this until very recently. And I'm learning these things through my kids as they're challenging the faith that they grew up in. As they dig in and as they look through things through a different lens and as they're, you know, my ceiling is their floor, 
they're challenging, <laughs> you know, do you really yeah. have to do that be, to be loved by God, dad? You know, do we really have to do that? Yeah. Are we human, you know? And so, um, so no, I don't have it all figured out, yeah. uh, but, but I'm allowing myself to be taught by, uh, the Holy spirit and by the father himself. Yeah. And there's that. And just even hearing you talk there, Scotty, it's just so, what, what is so cool. And, and, and you just have such a unique, just selfishly in my life, you, you play such a unique role in that the way you speak of it, you know, you're acknowledging, you're acknowledging the, the continual journey. You're acknowledging the, the constant, not reinvention, but, but constant growth, but, but it's all positive. It's all good. Even, even, even the, even the trials are good. You know, when you talk about, you know, I mean, it's all, and that is what I just think is such a blessing that you bring to anyone who has a chance to just be in your zone is they get that they get yeah. that. It's not yeah. that the work is it's good work, you know? And, and so I just think that is such a, because it is when you realize that yeah. that you're a child of God and and the only job you have is to just be a good child of God, then yeah, even and it doesn't dismiss the trials, it doesn't dismiss the hurts and the pain, but it really puts it into perspective that it's all it's all for good, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, all things work for good for those who trust, right? I mean that that yeah. you know, and that's another hard part. Trust is the hardest part, I think, for all of us on the journey. And it's, mm -hmm. and to really believe that we are his beloved, right? His beloved, like, like when you know your love beyond comprehension, no matter what happens, it is finished. Then guilt and shame are gone. I mean, that whole shame that comes from not being good enough and all of those things. So it's, yeah. And, and this is funny. I, I just want to share this because when my wife and I were married, we weren't <laughs> of this same mind space. Uh, that uh, we're sharing right now. Of course, we weren't as mature in, in our relationship or God. And um, I remember the priest, we got married in the Catholic church and the priest says, well, what's scripture? And, you know, and he gave us a bunch and we looked through, you know, the Bible, which I hadn't looked through much at that time. <laughs> and, um, and uh, there was this one that said joy in it. And uh, you mentioned joy quite a few times here today. And, and you mentioned it was like, and it was, uh, it was James chapter two, which is consider it all joy when you experience trials for the perseverance of those trials will develop character and strength and blah, 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 blah. Right. And we thought, well, it had the word joy in it, having no idea that we were setting <laughs> ourselves up for a life of trial. And, uh, and so it, it, it has been, and and, you know, we have had that. And, and my son, um, my son actually pointed this out to us, which I love. And even though I, you know, I had heard it many times, it really resonated with me in this uh, aspect is when, when you look at all of the times that you have had trial, you know, we always say 2020 vision, right, is the best, you know, because mm -hmm. you can look back, right? Right. Um, when you look back um, and see how God worked all of it for good all of it. And so when you experience a trial currently, it's right away taking every thought captive, right? Just taking those thoughts because it's really the battle is in the mind. We know that taking that thought captive and acknowledging the fact though, how is he going to turn this for good? I'm so excited to see this turn for good. Yeah. I have this hope and anticipation to see this trial work out for good. And, and so that's uh 
yeah, that's a part of that journey. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. I could talk about this all night. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, Hey, we are, um, in, in, uh, in respect of our listeners who might have to, you know, go run errands or something. Uh, we're going to move to the, um, we're going to move to the fun segment. So the fun segment of the show, uh, as, as those that have listened, know. We, so we ask the same three questions of every guest. Uh, and so they've had, and they know these questions in advance. Now, whether or not they've actually, you know, thought about their answers, uh, that I, we have no control over, but, but, uh, but, uh, but we're going to, we're going to move to our fun segment, um, and, and the same three questions. So question number one, uh, question number one is, uh, Scotty, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and, uh, and just wanted to hang out for the day. Okay. So you got a whole day with Jesus and he just wants to be with you. What are you going to do with Jesus? Oh, I'm going to walk in the water, man. We're going to run across that lake. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've fallen in a few times trying. So I just like, show me how we do that, you know? Yeah, exactly, right. Uh, yeah. I think the beach, you know, he spent a lot of time on the beach and cooking fish. I'd love for him to cook some fish for me. I know that's uh, something that I envision a lot. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, a normal day, you know, cause I, 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 I guess I try to picture him and me and me and him on a daily basis anyway. So, uh, yeah. it would be really cool to, um, to do some of those things. And, and I've done that, you know, I've, 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 I've seen myself with Jesus on the beach and I've seen myself with Jesus out on the water. Um, but to really, to really, I mean, transfigure in that way is what would be, Epic. <laughs> it would be epic. I would be just take advantage of that West Coast. Take advantage mm-hmm. of it. All right. All right. Question number two. Um, if you could go to church with any other guy, so then so that we're then we get a little bit you know specific here because it's manna and we talk about guys and the role of men in our lives. So if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, it could be famous, could be not, you could know. You could have known him. You could have not known him. But any other guy, living or dead, uh, go to church. Who are you going to church with? Uh, you know, I knew this was one of the questions, and I struggled <laughs> with this one. <laughs> um, I struggled with it because it would depend on the church. Yeah. And and so that's interesting in a dialogue we don't have time for. But um I would like to bring church to, I would, rather than bring someone to church, I would like to bring church to um, a guy named Phil. Okay. Um, Phil was uh, a guy that I uh, was a mountain host with that we snow skied with. And Phil was I mean, Phil was filled with joy and love and peace and, and, and loved the Lord as well. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, so probably, probably Phil just to, just to spend more time with, uh, with Phil. So Phil was, Phil's a real guy or was a real guy? Phil's a, Phil's a real guy. Um, and he, uh, he passed away recently (laughs) sharing all these stories about people who are no longer here, but at the same time they live on. I mean, uh, Phil's spirit is definitely living on. And he, uh, 
he had such an impact and I knew him for a very short time. And we had church as we drove up to the mountains uh, every weekend because we were these mountain hosts for just one season together. But I would pick Phil up at the bus stop and we would drive up the mountain and man, we would play worship and we would mm. we would laugh. We would cry. We had such a uh, an amazing relationship. And but we never really went anywhere else together he had come over to the house before you know a few times and we had some small groups where where we had worshiped together and this and that but i would just like to do church with phil um yeah just another time and i I have a feeling i'll have an opportunity to do that but um but but that's the first thing that came to my mind anyway that's awesome i love that i love that all right last question and this is one that just knowing how you spent so much of your life giving and, and mentoring and and coaching and and just helping raise kids, whether they're your own or others. So this one, you've got a lot, you know, you have a lot of source material to draw on here. But last question is, if you could give advice to a young man about, you know, just being comfortable in his faith, you know, and, and just living, you know, living a faith-filled, confident life um, with the Lord, what would that, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, you are his beloved. Yeah. Yeah. I would, um, I would, I would share with, with, with young men as I have is that, you know, um, God, God loves you more than you could ever imagine and, Mm -hmm. and be fathered by God. And, um, you know, I've often um, used, you know, sayings and cliches, and that's just kind of a part of, of, of how I've communicated and taught over the years. And, um, you know, we've, I've, 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 I've done this with young men. I've, 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 I've had, you know, ceremony. I believe ceremony and celebration is hugely important, especially when you want to impart um, that life-giving spirit to others. And, and uh, one of the acronyms that I love that I've used a lot is um, is real men is is to be real and and I love this word because again I know I've brought up um, you know my family a lot but when it comes to uh, being real I think that's what my kids like to do all the time for me is throw this mirror up and say, um, you know, call BS, you know, really dad, you know, are are you being real now? Or is this just dad, the teacher or dad, the, you know, church guy or whatever. And so that sense of being real. Um, and if you want to be a real man, uh, you need to, uh, reject passivity. Mm. Don't Mm -hmm. be passive. Don't be passive in your faith. Don't be passive in your marriage. Don't be passive. Um, you know, God created man and woman in his image and there's just different roles. We're totally equal, but, but men, men have been made to handle certain things. And if we're passive, we are not, we are not walking in that gift. So the, the R in real is to, is to reject passivity. And then E is expect a great reward. We have the inheritance of heaven, so expect that it's going to happen, and and it will. Um, and then um, accept responsibility. Man, if you mess up, accept it right away, own it, accept responsibility, and lead courageously. Oh, just just that. just be the leader. So so yeah. So when you think of the word real, especially when it comes to manhood, is uh, yeah, reject passivity, um, expect a great reward. 
accept responsibility and lead courageously. That would be what I would want to impart. Ah, oh my gosh, yeah. I love it. Oh. I just love that. I love that. I'm making t shirts. Seriously, yeah. we're going to have like, oh. we're going to have mana merch and we're going to have real <laughs> t shirts. I love that. I love Sign that. Me oh, Sign seriously. me up. Seriously. What a great oh way God. to end a. F- uh, end of work week, man. I this don't know if this bad. is going to be aired on a Friday, yeah. but we're recording on a Friday, and I love it. Yes, we are. That and that, yeah. Who knows when it's going to air? But yeah, everyone should know this is this is happening on a Friday. My just dear friend Scott is a couple couple hours uh, earlier than I, but this is just it has been the best way to end a great week. So, Scott Krenz, thank you so much. This has just mm-hmm. been wonderful. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.